It's time for all the hottest news about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. We talk about everything that happened this past week. And uh, today is episode 115. Uh, It is March the 21st, I believe. Uh, yes. yes, March 21st, 321. 2018, 321. Today's the countdown. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, let's get right into it. We always start the Media Vote podcast by talking about movies, and we always start talking about movies with the previous weekend's box office numbers. Boom. Boom. So, we miscalled it. We have a, 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 a habit of doing this. Well. Where we choose one uh, new a debut movie and think oh well surely it'll do better than x million dollars and what, which it, it did to do well no it actually did do better than x million dollars yeah we put that at 20 thinking, yeah it's gonna do better than 20 we just didn't choose black panther would stay at another 37 percent drop instead of the usual 50 that superheroes get yeah so you black- know especially like five weeks into this thing right so Black Panther is your number one movie again this weekend, uh, uh, topping yes. the vodcat, the, bo- the, the yes. box office with another twenty six million dollars, bringing the domestic total above the six hundred million mark. Right. Uh, it's also to note that this is the fifth week at number one. Uh, this actually ties the record for Avatar at, for being number one in the box office uh, in the last. How many years, though? Because it definitely doesn't tie oh, no, 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 the all-time the, record. No, no, no. It's not the all-time. I just saying it yeah. ties Avatars. Okay. So, so we're getting into pretty good territory here, yeah. needless to say. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, the rest of your top five. Uh, Tomb Raider, the aforementioned Tomb Raider, debuted at number two with a solid $23 million. Uh, I can only imagine uh, the movie about the... Yeah. Uh, about the Christian rock song. Yes, uh, the song the that, same that your mom and grandma loves. Yep. Uh, that was your number three movie with $17 million. A Wrinkle of Time drops to number four with $16 million. And Love, Simon debuts into the top five at the very bottom with $11 million. Not bad. It's uh, good. For a movie of its budget. Yeah. Uh, so before we start talking about the movies that you've seen, uh, including Love, Simon... Uh, this coming weekend, this is what you have to look forward to. It's a pretty good weekend for everybody involved. Yeah. It's, uh, the end of March. Yeah. Uh, well, we have next week, but, you know. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, uh, something for everybody here. We have first, uh, Midnight Sun, which is, I believe, that's the one where the the, the girl can't go out into the the sun. Right. So she has to date at night. (laughs) Yes. That's correct. Yeah, so something for your teenagers. Got Pacific Rim Uprising, the sequel to Pacific Rim. Downrising. For all you... Yes. Pacific Rim Downfall. <laughs> Downfall. Somehow, somehow that was the first one. Yes. No, um, uh, so yeah, you get your your action movie for the weekend. Yes. Um, and Giant lastly, monsters, battling giant robots. Yep. No, uh, robots battling giant monsters. Same thing. I mean, yes, but you're rooting for the robots, not the monsters. Well, I mean, you could be rooting for the monsters, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's fair. It's not fair. Okay. <laughs> and then, um, uh, yeah, and then lastly, something to drop the kids off at while you're in Pacific Rim. 
Sherlock Gnomes. The sequel to Gnomeo and Juliet. Yes. With gnomes in it. Yeah. So get ready for so that. So you got something for the kids. Something for the kids. Something for the kids, something for the teens, something for your male adults. That is your... <laughs> of all sorts. Uh, so yeah, uh, that is your new releases for this weekend. But what did you see uh, this past weekend that you want to talk about? Uh, so I saw Tomb Raider. You saw Tomb Raider. Alice- Alicia Vikander's Tomb Raider. Portrayal yes. of, of Tomb Raider. Uh, how'd uh, yes. you feel about uh, raiding the tombs? Um, I wanted to definitely go raid some tombs afterwards. Did, did you? Did you Did you go? Did you stop by some tombs on the way home? Uh, not quite, but it did actually <laughs> remind me a whole lot of what made Uncharted so good. Because uh-huh. like, a lot of the stuff that they, sh- like, in the film, just reminded me, like, oh, that's an Uncharted thing. Oh, that's an Uncharted <laughs> thing. Oh, that's an Uncharted thing. To be fair. Which is funny, because Uncharted yeah. stole, like... Uh, it, it's stuff from Tomb Raider. <laughs> oh, yeah, I wouldn't say st- stole. It borrowed a lot of mechanics from Tomb Raider, but really it's a very different game. Yeah. It's basically the puzzle solving and exploration of t- Tomb Raider with the shooting of Gears of War. <laughs> is essentially what that game is. Yeah. Uh, but, but the movie, though. The Tomb Raider, the movie. Uh, how was that? Tomb Raider is a fine movie. Okay. Uh, it's good on both sides. It's... Definitely, like, it's not something to, to uh, rush off and see. Okay. Um, it's definitely better than um, Assassin's Creed in terms of, you know, video game movies. Because a lot of stuff is. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's it's definitely worth at least checking out. Because they do leave credence to a bunch of, um, to more films that can come after this. But as for this one, it, compared to the other Two Raiders, which was like a globe-trotting adventure with Angelina Jolie. Yeah. This is more of a what starts off as a rescue mission and then turns itself into a Tomb Raider film. It's a survival thing, right? She has yeah. to basically stay alive. Right, and it makes sense because it's part of the Square Enix reimagining mm-hmm. of of Tomb Raider, taking it back to like the beginning. Yeah, the the mo- the modern Tomb Raider games, uh, Tomb Raider, uh, and uh, the, the Rise of the Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, the more recent one. Right. And uh, the newly uh, officially announced Shadow of the Tomb Raider yes. will be the next installment. Yes, that just got got announced. Uh, it's So how is Alicia Vikander? Is she, uh, like, I mean, she's a different uh, Lara Croft than Angelina Jolie's portrayal because just the tone is different. Yeah. But does she get do a good job? Is she, She, like, she does a good job. Uh, I like that in the very beginning it shows that she's very much a human. She is no superhero. Right. Uh, that's in the trailer. That, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where she says that. Yes, but it, it starts off with her basically like getting beat up, and then showing yeah. her that she's, she's just human. she's a human. Like, and that's what they're really going for with this film. You know, until it gets to the very end, and they decide to raid some tombs. <laughs> it's like, all right, yeah. What is this movie called? Yeah, maybe we should do that. Yeah, and the, the yeah once they get there, that's when they um, it kind of goes into that whole like sci-fi, uh, video game esque type thing. But Wait, sci-fi? Is sci-fi in this? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a curse. Uh, uh, okay, so fantasy. Fantasy. Like, yeah, supernatural. Stuff. Yeah, supernatural stuff, which, yeah, it's... It doesn't stray too far into it, which I like, yeah. but it also never gives you that big moment, that grandiose... Um, like a set, big set, set piece. piece kind of thing? Yeah, set piece ending. All right. 
which and I feel is exactly what it's missing to yeah. push it over the top. More of a personal kind of story. Yeah, because right now it's very much like a flat, safe story. Well, maybe they're saving this, uh, the big bombast for the sequel. Well, the last thing is that it may not get a sequel. Yeah, depending on how well it does. How well it does. Not a promising opening for a franchise, no. Well, it, what, but it's, what, it's solid. 24? 23. 23. It's solid, but, Which, like, yeah. but it's not like big breakout hit. No. Like they probably want it to be. Right. But then again, I think that goes alongside with Alicia Vikander just not being a big enough name. Yes. Yet. Because yeah. when uh, Leandria Jolie took on the Yeah, she was already, she was already a household Jolie, I mean, yeah. yeah, she was already a household name. You're right. Alicia Vikander had the Academy Award win, and other than that, some European films, but nothing like substantial in America. At her own production studio now. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like, if you if I say Alicia Vikander, what's she been in? You gotta go to yeah. the IMDb. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. She won the Academy name. Award. What's she win it for? I don't know. I know her name because we've talked about her a lot on this podcast. That's really the only reason why I do. <laughs> but, um, so yeah. But okay, yeah. so uh, you also saw but something. It's also, yeah, but, oh, before we uh, get there. Uh, so on the patented media vote scale. Uh, stream it. It definitely okay. gives Alicia McCandra a name. It definitely puts a face to the name, yeah. which is good for her. But, like, everyone else in the film is kind of, like, wishy-washy. Like, okay, sure, uh-huh, all right. No one really sticks out, yeah. which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. But I hope they kind of fix that in the sequel, hire either, like, better, like, more recognizable names or better recognizable actors or give them something better to do so they yeah. stick out. Maybe. So it's, so based on Pat and uh, scale, yeah. it's a safe film, uh, stream it. Okay. You're not going to be disappointed with it, but you're going to be glad you didn't spend money for it. Okay. Fair enough. You also saw Love, Comma, Simon. Yes. Love, Comma, Simon. <laughs> Sorry. Love, Simon. There's a comma in it. I know. We've, I know we've made the joke. Punctuation about, jokes. Yeah, punctuation joke of it's Love, Comma, Simon. Because, you know, punctuation is important. So what's up with Love, Simon? Well, that, that's exactly the question we're trying to answer in the film. <laughs> yeah. What is up with, with Simon? Why is I don't he know. in love? And who is he in love with? And why does this love matter? Uh, well, why? Well, we answered that question. But, yeah, so, uh... <laughs> so for those of you around. who don't know, have never seen a preview for this thing, Love, Simon is about a high school boy coming out as... What do I want to use? Gay, homosexual? Uh, gay works fine. All right. As gay. <laughs> just, just he's gay. So, he's so, he comes he, out. so he realizes that he's gay, but he hasn't told anyone, and basically it's about him in high school, mm-hmm. coming out to his friends, his family, everyone, uh, his whole school, that he is gay. Mm-hmm. But it's a nice contrast to, you know, typical films about this style, like Moonlight. Okay. Where it's more, like, more contemporary, more of an acceptance, because it's, like, especially the white version of Moonlight. So I I'm treading some weird ground here. I know. Uh, so tonally, is it seems like what you're getting at is it's a different kind of tone. Yeah. This is a this movie is, that's having fun. Yes, this is more of a high school movie yeah. than... That just happens, that happens to, to have it. its main character coming out. Yeah. But it's not focused on that. It's more about the interpersonal relationships between the high school kids. Yeah, because, like, even though the high... The, because, you know, Simon... Like, is gay, and you know that going into it, because it yeah. just, like, starts off right the bat. Um, 
He definitely treads some weird water uh, because he is still in high school because he tries to like set his friends up and tries not to get blackmailed because he still wants to keep his secret. <laughs> yeah. And like is in the school play, but he doesn't. And there's like he doesn't really hang out with the other kid who's gay, even though they're both gay. And then mm-hmm. like because and there's a nice contrast between the kid who is out and gay, which is like what you would think of someone being gay, versus Simon, who is your typical high schooler who just happens to be gay. Yeah, you were writing in this uh, in your thoughts post on the site, mediaboatpodcast.com, by the way, uh, that dynamic. And I thought that was really, really interesting because uh, we haven't seen a whole lot of that in mainstream cinema, Mm -hmm. uh, in art films, uh, which are previously, you know, the only source to get stories about about gay people. Uh, it's we're finally getting that in mainstream cinema. Kind of this this conver- like this conversation about there are all kinds of people that are uh, that just happen to swing this way. Yeah. There are kinds of different levels of what we think are the stereotypical gay uh, personalities, which are just that stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool that we're finally having such a mainstream marketed movie kind of approach it like with complete normalcy, like you're saying, like just like this is a. Uh, otherwise, a high school movie, and we're finally getting to the point where a high school movie can tell these stories. Yeah, it's. Uh, is this based off? I believe it's based off. It's based off a book, book uh, which has yeah. a slightly different title. I don't remember exactly right. what it is, but it, it, it. But yes, it is based on. A, on yeah, a based off. Uh, it's based off a book, but the film does a good job of translating whatever it is because this is a really well put together film. It's a very contemporary high school film. Uh, deals with a lot of recent, like, a lot of technologies in this film. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, kids use technology everywhere nowadays, and how that can just, like, instantly, like, not keep secrets and yeah. help with stuff. Social and, media you know, kind yes. of thing. So that's a, yeah, social media plays, plays a huge part in this film. I and read, a, I read a review of, of this that likened uh, that dynamic to something that you didn't care for, uh, which was American Vandal on Netflix. They were talking about the two are similar in the way where they portray a modern high school setting and modern high school students using social media as if they would use them in the real world and how that changes script writing for yeah. high school movies and or, or television shows. And I thought that was an interesting kind of thing because you maybe didn't care for that, but I thought that was one of the things it did a good job with. Was like, yeah, no, that's it. That is how kids are using social media now. Yeah, we're definitely seeing a swing in terms of uh, writing styles yeah. uh, to, to purposely use more. Uh, I did to use more <laughs> technology, to use more social media. That you don't need to be in the same room to get information yeah. across, or you can use instant messaging to keep secrets and hide secrets and and delve more. Yeah, which is uh, good yes. because. We're fine. That means we're finally escaping from kid like high school movies being like written like they're from the eighties, right? Where everyone where, has to hang out at the diner in order to get information. To find across. out information, <laughs> it's like we are finally seeing seeing stuff. You mentioned Easy A in your thoughts yeah. post as well, which which is an interesting thing to reference because yeah, it definitely feels the same kind. Of, like that was a turning point movie where it's like mm-hmm. oh, there's a plot point that has to do with uh, streaming a live blog. Which yep. at the time was not a thing that happened a lot, mm-hmm. and now is one hundred percent something teenagers did. Case in point. Case in point. <laughs> and so yeah, it's it's cool to see uh, teen movies catching up with that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so uh, wrap things up here. Yeah. Uh, that watch it. 
It's definitely good. Uh, Did so you love Simon? Is that I, what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think I would. Yeah. I thought it'd be just to, to, okay, like just talk out your feelings. But no, <laughs> it actually like one of the things that this film does well is that using very various characters, it actually opens up to like a multitude of different responses that people would go through. Cool. Uh, when someone comes out that they're yeah. a homo, that they're gay. Yes. Um, whether it's from the dad, the mom, the sister, uh, the friends, the school, the bullies, the principal, or the vice principal, teachers even. You know, everyone has a different take on, mm-hmm. like, how to react to someone doing that. And this one does a good job of basically putting a mirror to your face and saying, which one are you? <laughs> or making you wonder. Yeah. Like, like, oh, how would you react in this right. situation? Have you? What's your own story about this situation? That's cool. Uh, yeah. I'm glad this exists, and I'm glad it's good. Mm-hmm. Because hopefully this means that more movies will be made in its ilk. Yeah. I think it's got, this. like, a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's being really so well-reviewed. It's really well-reviewed, which yeah. is good. And that means cool. that uh, hopefully more films uh, <laughs> go, go in the style of being very modern, very contemporary, and not shying away from um, these, like, really tough issues most yeah, deal with. Yeah, I think so. Um, cool. All right. So go see Love, Simon. Uh, in the meantime, let's start into some movie news for this week. First up, an update on our story from last week about the Weinstein Company. So this is going to be not quite the, the penultimate right. uh, of the Weinstein companies. It's not quite over, uh, but here's what's going on. Here's what's, uh, what's, what's the deal after last week. So, they have officially filed for 363 bankruptcy in Delaware, and companies are lining up to bid on the assets, as we reported what happened last week. Right. The 363 is the same thing MGM went through yeah. when its properties got dissolved into their other companies. Yeah. In addition to filing for bankruptcy, the Weinstein Company has released all of its accusers from non-disclosure agreements, which is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. So, that means all the people who accused Harvey Weinstein of misconduct... Uh, basically, have nothing to lose now. They don't have they, the the documents they sign don't matter. They can just go ahead and say what they need to say. Get everything out in the public if they so choose. Uh, so yeah, leading by a uh, bidder, uh, Lantern Asset Management, who was a part of the five hundred million dollar bid with Ron Burkle and Maria Contreras Sweet before it was pulled on March sixth. Right. Uh, this was the, the original bid that we had reported on right. two weeks ago. Uh, when we first announced that the Weinstein Company was going to file for this 363. So, that company has put forward a $450 million offer, and all other offers will be accepted until the deadline on April 30th. Yes, which means that's the end of April, which means uh, May. Come the first week of May, we should know the definitive answer of what's going to happen with the Weinstein Company. So, yeah, uh, hopefully uh, whoever gets it does something good with it. Right, well, there was, so, but, see, that, that Lantern group? No. Uh, they've got a leg up because they've already seen everything the Lysine has to offer. Right. So that means other, they no longer need to do their due diligence, but other companies who may may want to purchase it, uh, purchase the Lysine company, have to do all that digging for themselves because they're not just going to hand that information over. Yeah. But to, to basically go in and put in the same... Roughly the same offer that was. I mean, they must have some type of plan for a licensing company. 
I sure hope so. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens uh, early May. Sounds like. Yep. All right, next up, moving, moving on. right on, Amy Poehler, one of our favorites, star of course of Saturday Night Live uh, back in the day, and then Parks and Recreation, uh, has announced her new uh, project. She has a new movie uh, called Wine Country. Wine Country. Uh, she's working with Emily Spivy, who was uh, worked with her on uh, Parks and Rec and SNL back in the day. Uh, it tells the story of old friends who go to Napa Valley for a weekend getaway to celebrate a 50th birthday. It will star Amy Poehler, uh, Rachel Dratch, Anna Gasteyer, Paul Pell, Maya Rudolph, Tina Fey, and Emily Spivy. Most of those SNL alum, uh, yeah. either performers or writers. Paul Pell, uh, actually, I think, is still a writer on the show. Writer. Um, I think she's still on the show, though. That was like what I was mm. saying. I was like, I think, at least recently. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, that sounds pretty good. That's a great cast. Yeah, thanks sideways, but actually funny. <laughs> sideways wasn't really a comedy. No, no. Uh, principal <laughs> photography for the film will begin toward the end of the month, and it will premiere on drum roll, please. Ba -da -ba -da -ba 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 -ba. Netflix. It's not a theatrical release, guys. Yeah. Surprise. Uh, yep. This is the uh, first of Amy Poehler's deals with Netflix. Yeah. She's going to be directing this thing, and. Sounds like it's actually a really good film. Cool. Um, you know, old ladies getting drunk and spilling secrets. So yeah, that yeah. sounds that sounds all right. I like the cast. I like the concept. Right. So, also, are they all fifty? I don't know. I know because uh, I don't know uh, any of their ages. <laughs> I can't tell you. Uh, so maybe at least one of them. I don't think Amy, Amy Poehler is quite there. I don't think Rachel Dratch is quite there. You you think that, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Alright, uh, go to Wikipedia, find out. Wikipedia. Oh. <laughs> Not literally right now. Oh. Don't do that right now. Alright, fine. Just kidding. After the show or something. Okay. Uh, moving on. Moving on to our next story about somebody else who hasn't uh, been around in the public eye for a little bit. Shia LaBeouf, Mr. Do It himself. You just do it. Do it! Yes. Uh, he's coming out of a period of public silence following his arrest in 2017. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, to star in a film loosely based on his own life. Oh, where does he pull inspiration from? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I need motivation. Uh, uh, is Amy going to be in the movie? Yes, Amy Poehler will star in that film. Yeah, Amy Poehler will be in it and directing it. And Is she writing it? No, she's not writing okay. it. All right. Uh, but yes, back to Shia. So, this will be directed by Alma Harrell, who directed Bombay Beach. It will be called Honey Boy. Honey Boy is about a popular child star, Lucas Hedges, uh, uh, who is in Manchester by the Sea. Yes. Uh, who attempts to mend his relationship with his, quote, law-breaking, alcohol-abusing father, played by Shia LaBeouf himself, uh, yeah, uh, over the course of a decade. Yep. Honey Boy was actually Shia's nickname, or at least... Oh. Um, you know, family nickname. Okay. So that's where that title comes from. In the Even Stevens days? Yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah. Interesting. He's basically going to play his own father. I don't know. I or like a, a characterization yeah, of his father. Yeah, a sort of version. Right. How he saw his father. If you're wondering what he's been doing meanwhile, like before this, uh, he was in a film starring as a tennis player, John McEnroe, in Borg vs. McEnroe. Which just premiered at South by Southwest and his theaters in April. Yeah, it's, it's a tennis movie. 
Uh, for those of you that don't know, Borg vs. McEnroe is a tennis film. Yeah. Uh, Johnny McEnroe of Adam Sandler's crew. <laughs> yes, sure. Yes. <laughs> that is how people know him. He was in Mr. D. That's how most uh, people know that Johnny McEnroe. I 100% do not think that that is how most people know who John McEnroe is. I think most people just know because he's John McEnroe. Because he's the bad boy of tennis, right? He's the bad boy of tennis. That's what he's, well, that's his deal. I know. All right, let's move on. But yeah, so uh, if you want to see Shia yep. in the recent... Uh, playing tennis in April and then playing his own father. Yeah. Sometime later, probably yeah. sounds like Oscar big. Early me. next year, late this year, I don't know. Sounds Sorry. like sounds like period piece. Sounds like I gotta yeah. get this off my chest. Maybe. All right. Uh, moving on to our next person. These are all person-based headlines this week. Yeah. For some reason. Our front. Well, yeah, I guess first one counts. Harvey. Next one is another one of our favorites. Kumail Nanjiani. Yay! From the Big Sick. Yes. Fresh off his success of the Big Sick, Nanjiani has signed on to star to star. Opposite Mark Ruffalo in The True American, which will be directed by Pablo Lorraine, uh, who directed Jackie. It is based on a nonfiction book titled The True American, Murder and Mercy in Texas, which takes place in the days following 9-11 and is about a Muslim immigrant who will be played by Nanjiani. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, who survived a deadly hate crime and is now advocating for mercy on behalf of his attacker, played by Mark Ruffalo. This was supposed to be directed by Catherine Bigelow and was going to star Tom Hardy and Riz Ahmed, but that's no longer the case, though Bigelow is staying on as a producer for the film. Also, Nanjiani is not done. He is also starring opposite Dave Bautista in Stuber. Yeah, you said that right. That, that's right. Stuber. Stuber. I don't know what Stuber is. It'll, oh, From director Michael Douse, uh, who directed something called Good. I'm not familiar. Uh, but maybe it was good. 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 Good grief. I did put it in. (laughs) Good grief? No, I don't know what. Good. All right, it's good. I don't know, it might be good. Go see good. Um, Trying to remember what it was, I don't remember. In this film, Nanjiani will play a mild-mannered Uber driver named Stu, who picks up a grizzled cop who is hot on the trail of a brutal killer. The driver finds himself thrust into a harrowing ordeal where he has to keep his wits, his life, and his five-star rating. It's good copy. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> did you write that or is that borrowed? No, that's borrowed. <laughs> okay. It's in the same vein as Taxi, uh, the movie Taxi, but with 100% less Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. That's good. Is that also you? No, that one was me. Okay. <laughs> I was like, is that also Martin? That sounds like you. That's uh, so yeah, that uh, sounds like uh, he's getting some good projects. Good meaty, meaty projects here. Yeah. Uh, definitely two different types of worlds. One yeah. uh, straight drama, one and comedy. Co- comedic. So uh, good for him. That's a good pairing, uh, him and Dave Bautista. Yeah. He's been doing a lot of good work recently. Is Dave Bautista the next ro- The Rock? I th- Is that happening right well, now? Well, except he's not going to show himself for everything, though. Uh, Dave, yet. 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 But I mean, he's got that Guardians money. I know. Well, he's been in Guardians. He's yeah. been in Skyfall. He was a... Uh, uh, former wrestler, wrestler, if you don't wrestler. need us to tell you that, but yeah. just in case. He's also in... Um, no, it was just okay. That's the important thing. Right. Uh, he was also in um, uh, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Uh, he's been in some pretty good roles. Uh, expect him to continue this success. Uh, but yeah, he's, so. he's quickly becoming one of my favorite wrestlers turned actors. Good. Yeah, I mean he's 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 good at what he does. 
Um, yeah, I could see a future in front of him. And a uh, future in front of uh, Kamel. He's uh, knocking out of the park lately, so good for him. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to our next uh, 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 section here. Yeah, That's I it think for we're, movies. Yeah, I think we're out of movies. We're moving on to television, and we always start television with sports. Oh, and, man, do we have oh. a story. We have the sports story that may be oh. the sports story for the rest of the year, depending on how the rest of the year goes. Yeah. It finally happened in college basketball. March Madness is underway, and something truly mad happened to Virginia. Uh, number 16, UMBC. Yes, University. Uh, number one seed, Virginia, in the biggest upset in NCAA tournament I, history. Actually, I think that's you. I thought that would be UBMC. University UBMC. of Baltimore, Maryland College. Okay. Uh, beat, uh, number one seed, Virginia. Yeah, 16 being a number one seed. Like. It's a Cinderella story. They say it's going to happen sometime. Yeah. You just never think it's going to happen this year. <laughs> and yet, here we are yeah. in a post-16 seed win upset. So, of world. course, if you had brackets, and I know most of you do, well, your bracket got busted because 99%, uh, I bet this is an estimate because it's an impossible statistic uh, to actually know if it's true. Um Got busted uh, by this upset. So. No, 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 no. Not, not by the upset. That's over the weekend. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Because uh, I only. Over everything. Yeah, because a lot of number one seeds lost. A couple of number three seeds lost. My pick for Tennessee, number three seed lost. Um, some two seeds lost as well. So that, that 99% is overall because nobody called this. Um, for Virginia itself, uh, according to ESPN, 23% of their brackets fell out had them winning the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. So, huh. um, I think... Like, rough those stuff. People, like, those people who didn't pick Virginia to win were either people who graduated from UBC... <laughs> exactly. Or, or Virginia Tech fans. Yeah, exactly. People who, <laughs> people who just lose. would never choose Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. Any <laughs> other uh, notable games in the tournament so far uh, besides that one? Uh, uh, Loyola... Chicago Loyola Marymount okay. is still. Oh no, they lost in the second. They lost or they won? I don't remember. Don't ask me. I know. <laughs> I know that they had a big upset win, and their like their preacher grandma was like making all the rounds. Uh, oh yeah, I heard. Uh, yeah, that was the one where we watched. That was very very close. Yes. And I forget who won that one. They were playing Tennessee. Yeah. And they beat. They won. So they beat Tennessee in the second yeah. round. It's like ah. But, but yeah. yeah. Oh, and okay. uh, just a shout out to Syracuse for winning. Uh, we have a friend who, for some reason, roots on the Orange Men. <laughs> nice we like to give them some shit for it. But. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations Good to for them. them. They're still in it. But yeah. So, so uh, March continues to be mad. Yep. Uh, this is the reason we play the games because upsets happen. Yeah. Uh, Continues this weekend. We'll continue the following weekend, and then end the final, uh, the first weekend of April is when it'll, the tournament will actually end in San Antonio. Cool. So stick around because more brackets will continue to be busted. I'm sure. Uh, moving on in other sports, we have uh, cue the uh, synthesizers because it's the final countdown for a couple of your favorite sports. There we go. All right, um, there are two weeks left in the regular season for NHL hockey, and there are three weeks left in the regular season for NBA basketball. Yes, hockey season will end the 
first weekend of April on the 7th, and then the following week, um, the basketball season will end. So we're bringing down to the wire. Yeah. Uh, gotta get those points, gotta get those wins. Every game matters now, as if it didn't already. And yeah, uh, that's all we're gonna say about those two sports until yeah. until they actually like get interesting with get, playoffs. Well, yeah, until we playoffs until we get to the actual playoffs and you know figure out who's in. Yeah. Where uh, we're just not gonna like bother with them. We'll but, come back. Know, it's just uh, you know keep it in mind that they're still happening. Uh, that was a good time to get into it, especially since March Madness, the D League is happening. Uh, go Kings go! Please don't choke. <laughs> a desperate plea. A desperate plea from a fan. Uh, well, I don't know. If Mark was watching this. He's talk, talking about uh, ducks, ducks. <laughs> do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, baseball season here we come. Yeah, we're almost uh, there. We're almost there. A uh, couple uh, a week now. I think we're like a week out because cool. baseball season starts the second. Week of April? No, no, first week of April. First week of April? Yeah, first week of April. Okay. So, um, spring training camps are going to be ending soon, and everyone's going to be coming back to hometown. Great. For some exhibition games right before the season actually starts. Cool. All right, so sports fans, there's a lot to love, uh, both wrapping up and beginning. Uh, so let's move out of sports, and let's talk about television news. First up in television news, we have, um, this is more of a, of a shout-out, a public service announcement for some charities you can support. Yes. But also, it's a funny a funny thing from another show. Yeah. Uh, so, if you're not watching John Oliver's Last Week Tonight... This what week, is wrong with you? First of all, yes, what's wrong with you? It's great. It always has been, yeah. and it's getting better. Uh, but this week, they did a bit... Oh, next Thursday's opening day. We're covering that next week, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, uh, so they did a bit on uh, John Oliver's last week tonight uh, that can um, uh, uh, that uh, will have proceeds go to the Trevor Project, uh, which is for suicide prevention over LGBT uh, the L- in the LGBT community and uh, AIDS United. And uh, here's how you can support them. Well, almost it's kind of hard right now. Right. Uh, so he um, did a bit about uh, uh, launching a children's book. Called A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo. If that doesn't make any sense to you, it has to do with Vice President Mike Pence's pet rabbit, and the story is that the pet rabbit falls in love with another male rabbit, which, if you know anything about Mike Pence, he would not be on board with. Uh, so it's intended as something to uh, be read as uh, to paint the world in a more positive light and place in direct competition to the VP's own book. Which he, I'm guessing, is releasing recently? Yes, uh, yes, later this week. Okay. Uh, uh, is it also about his bunny? Yes. Okay, that got That is the joke. <laughs> All right, sorry, I didn't watch it. I, I didn't know. watch this, so I don't know the context. Yes, that's the joke. Uh, Mike Pence's buddy uh, is actually named Marlon Bundo. Marlon Bundo. Bundo. <laughs> which is a great name for yeah. a rabbit. <laughs> so yeah, the book is real, John Oliver's book, and also Mike Pence's book. Yes. But John Oliver's book will support the aforementioned charities if you buy it. But uh, it is number one on Amazon, but it's on back order as the book sold out within 24 hours. Actually, the book sold out within literal hours, because after yeah. I watched that episode... You tried to look I, at it? I tried to look at it. I tried to order it, and on Amazon it said, uh, sorry, we've sold out already. Jeez. And then I, I looked on the uh, official website for it, for, for the book, and it said, we'll arrive in two to three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, uh, this is great. I think this is a wonderful, funny idea. 
And I think, yeah, it's yet another example of John Oliver using his platform yep. to uh, do something that matters. Yeah, he's using his powers for good. Yeah. And uh, having some fun with it, too. <laughs> yeah, definitely some fun. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the, the big uh, lead-up to this was... Uh, if Trump is impeached, then yeah. that means we get Mike Pence. And just who yeah. is Mike Pence? Right. And so they, at the end, you know, Mike Pence, it was revealed that Mike Pence has this book coming out for children. <laughs> and so we're like, we're going to one-up you. It's like, what's going on with this have thing? Have our own book about everything you would not approve of. Yeah. And yet, you know, it's going to be a positive book. Right. As uh, it should be. As it should be uh, for children. Yeah. Because it's a children's book. They're both children's books. But, you know, one will support a better cause and one will support the vice president. So uh, you make the call. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on from uh, politics to um, uh, Internet politics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Internet's favorite show, Rick and Morty. Uh, the much-anticipated season four will not premiere in 2018. In fact, Sorry, we fans. don't know what's going on with it at all. Yeah. So, so every week we do a segment called Cancellations and Renewals. We do. Um, the, but there's one show we've yet to even uh, talk about. Uh, yeah, it, it hasn't appeared any of those. Uh, we haven't seen any, any uh, light uh, from the end of the tunnel after season three. Uh, but uh, Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland have uh, been uh, talking their own uh, uh, stuff about it. Mostly Dan Harmon. He said on Twitter uh, that quote, "It can be challenging to write a show that hasn't been ordered by a network." Hmm. Yeah, kinda. Yeah. So basically saying Charging Network hasn't even contacted them saying whether it's being renewed for another season on Adult Swim. Now, we don't know that. This could just be Justin Rowling trying to get additional seasons <laughs> or Dan confirmed. Harlan. Or Dan uh, Harlan. Yeah, who knows. Right. But it, it does take roughly eight months to animate after the writing has largely been completed. So if, even if it does get renewed, we're looking at 2019 or possibly 2020 for new episodes. And this is what happened at the between season... One and two? One and two, and two and three? Two and three. Two and three. Yeah, that they... That as soon as like the first season... Or like, as soon as like the first like couple episodes were ordered, they gave them a full season. Yeah. And then they uh, ordered, immediately ordered a second season. And that one did, did so well... But they didn't order uh, season three until the end of season two. Yeah. And now we've been out of season three for a while now, and yet no order. Yeah. So just playing the speculation game here, this could be the creators, Justin Roiland or Dan Harmon, trying to get secured additional seasons. Yeah, maybe. Or they could, because there is no lockdown that... Um, uh, that uh, Adult Swim yeah. has on Rick and Morty that they could be looking for another network. I mean, that's a possibility. I could see streaming pick them up uh, if that is a thing that's happening. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's actually might be partially the network might be sitting on their hands because of well, some of the negative publicity that the show got over the summer. Uh, the Sheshwan sauce. Yeah, the sauce stuff and just the toxicity of the fan base uh, yes. got to public levels and that's never good if you're a network uh with a show that being said it is widely popular and it seems on paper insane that they wouldn't renew it yeah so yeah if i if i was to guess they'll do it they'll renew it but yeah we probably won't see new episodes until 2019 right at soonest at, at the earliest at 2019 the earliest. so yeah yeah all right Sorry, uh, fans. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, this is all you're doing. Yeah, you did this yourself. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. 
to another uh, fan favorite on the internet, Stranger Things. Is that our fan favorite? Uh, not ours, but some people. Uh, uh, so production <laughs> for this third season will begin on April 23rd. Well, the cast is also getting significant pay raises, yeah. as you do when you have a successful show. Uh, they are currently going to film the third season of Stranger Things. Yeah. So, you know, we might as well get that pay raise because we're in the first two success. So your A-tier actors from the show, your Winona writers and your David Harbors, are making $350,000 per episode, up from just 100000 previously. Uh, and seeing as they do 10 episodes, that's a cool $3.5 yeah. million dollars to do season three. Not bad. Your uh, tier below that, your four main boys in the show, uh, making two fifty k up from just twenty. Uh, and your, <laughs> That's your quite a jump. and your others, uh, the main, the teenagers in the show, making one hundred fifty thousand. Uh, that's a total of two point one million dollars for the cast per episode. That's a lot of budget right there. Yeah, well, Netflix has all that money to throw around too, but that's just on cast, not including like the the behind the scenes, below the line people, the yeah. directors, uh, the creators, uh, and of course. The sets, Ed, actually, like, filming yeah. this thing. That also leaves, though, uh, the uh, breakout star of the show, uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, she's uh, not... Eleven. Yes, eleven. Eleven. Yeah. Uh, she's not mentioned on this, but uh, so we're not really 100% sure uh, what she's making here. She's at probably at least making the 250K, uh, like her, uh, her age-level peers. Yes. Uh, but she could be making as high as $350,000 uh, because she is kind of the thing with that show right now. Yeah, she is uh, kind of the star, you yeah. know. The, the catalyst for everything that happens in that. Yeah, that's why I said the breakout star, because I, obvi- you know, obviously this yeah. is the star of the show is Winona Ryder, but <laughs> she's the name. Right. Uh, but yeah, she's definitely the breakout. Uh, she'll be the one who goes on to do other stuff after this. Right. Uh, actually, yeah, and this was actually news following the end of season two that uh, her um, agent, like, broke off from the cast yeah. in order to do specifically for her a new contract. Right. So yeah, um, uh, season three, look forward to that, uh, probably end uh, uh, this year or early next year. Well, let's see, they did October last year. So could be So it could October. be, it could be October, uh, but see as they drop them all at the same time, probably Maybe did Christmas. early next year. Yeah, Christmas, January. January. All right, moving yeah. on to our last story in, uh, in television. Uh, we have a Netflix movie uh, premiering this weekend from the director and screenwriter, of Narcos um, and uh, which RoboCop? You just the, the, the recent RoboCop. Okay, I was gonna say it, not the original. RoboCop. I was gonna put the year, but I don't remember yeah. what year it came out. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, called the Mechanism. Yeah. So normally we don't uh, highlight films before they come out. Usually <laughs> we do our reviews afterwards. But this, like reading up on this, it felt like a specific case to where we should at least alert you about that. This this, this thing that's coming out. All right. So here's the mechanism. Here's the dirt about this thing. Uh, it apparently covers uh, a story about the billions of dollars looted from public coffers in connection to powerful politicians and wealthy businessmen ratting on each other in hopes of avoiding long prison terms. Known in Brazil as Operation Car Wash, uh, the scandal follows a simple money laundering investigation at a gas station into a national crisis that threatens the foundation of the world's fourth largest democracy, Brazil. 
Brazilians believe that politicians, bankers, businessmen, and judges have conspired to steal vast sums from the state, regardless of who is in office. And the uh, director, Jose Padilla, plans to bring that to light. Rather than focus on politicians and business magnates, the magnates, business magnates or yeah, yes. something else, you put them on your fridge, it says, doing business. Um, <laughs> or, you know, they help open your bottles. Yeah, maybe. Of, of business juice. Yes. The, the business juice is flowing. The business juice. <laughs> Uh, the series revolves around three fictionalized characters, a well-connected and morally warped money launderer, and two tenacious police investigators. So, uh, I'm guessing this sounds interesting to you? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a high-concept, high yeah. uh, high-drama, high-stakes series. This is not a yeah. film, this is a series from the guy Bryce. Bond. You use the term film here. I know. So, that's your fault. I know, it's my fault. <laughs> Okay, yeah, seems uh, seems intense and uh, potentially uh, something that, that uh, would illuminate uh, American audiences to something real happening. Right, uh, because this isn't out yet, I have a feeling this will be entirely in Portuguese, Possibly. Uh, the, uh, which is the national language of Brazil. Yeah, uh, because the director is, of course, as we mentioned, from that area. Yeah. And seeing as this is close to near and dear to his heart, I would assume that he would be very authentic to it. Yeah. Um, so, probably. So, expect subtitles. Expect subtitles. Uh, which I know subtitles may turn you off. Yeah. But Some it sounds super interesting. Uh, don't let that uh, deter you. Like, a lot of people love Narcos. Some people were fine with the Robocop. But... The fact that we're going to cover a Brazilian politician scheme is <laughs> schemes. Yeah. Uh, it's just really fascinating. All right. And it's going to like really be keen to like House of Cards style. Yeah. To just everyone's conspiring against each other. Always fun. Always fun. Speaking of the Netflix joints, uh, before we move on to cancellation and renewals, you watched something on Netflix uh, this uh, this week. Yes. Take Your Pills? Yes. What the hell is Take Your Pills? And should I? Um, that is actually the question it tries to answer. All right. And I say tries because it doesn't give you an answer. Is this a documentary series? Uh, no, it's a short, short, film. short film. It's a documentary film, and it explores Adderall. Okay. Uh, how we are, how we... I say we. We. The royal, royal we. Yes. Not us on this Ro- couch. Royal we. I definitely did not take any Adderall. I've never taken any drugs for ADD because I don't have it. Right. Um. But it, but that's what this film is about. It uh-huh. explores the rise of prescription for Adderall yeah. and Ritalin and all these other uh, ADHD uh, drugs. Medications. Medications. It also goes into how these were first formed okay. with uh, am- amphetamines. Yeah. And uh, how they got prescribed uh, way back when they were first introduced in the 1930s. Oh, okay. And then how, then there was a drug epidemic, and so Congress said, you can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And so they decided to, you know, do what drug companies do, and rebrand and repurpose them, yep. and then redistribute. And how, it's basically how, like, some kids need it, most kids don't, but those who do need it and do take it, uh, can be seen as taking a performance-enhancing drug, because... It definitely enhances your performance. It allows you to stay more focused. It allows you to get more work done. 
uh, and whether that is a fair or unfair advantage when it comes to school and tests and SATs and work yeah. and everything else about it. It's definitely a really interesting documentary. Definitely well done. It's on Netflix, so it costs you a Netflix subscription. Okay. I was going to say nothing, but... It's already there. It's, it's already there. It's in there. It's an hour 40, I think. But it's definitely really interesting and d- definitely very eye-opening into how this whole thing got started and how most people need it. But most people who are prescribed it don't necessarily need it. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Definitely an interesting take. Definitely worth checking out. All right. Uh, so check that out if that sounds interesting to you. Yeah. Moving on to cancellations and renewals. Hey, I mentioned that. We boom, do boom, that. Boom. First up, we have a cancellation. Woo! Freeform's cancellation. Young and Hungry, which lasted an inexplicable five seasons, <laughs> uh, has been canceled. So do you remember what Young and Hungry was about? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, I believe it was about the nanny wannabe chef, also blogger. Uh huh. Trying to make it in the world. Uh, okay. I think that that's what that young and hungry was. Like a lot. You're probably right. Sounds like a food blogger kind of thing. Yeah. So that has been canceled. So I'm sorry, young and hungry fans. <laughs> um, moving on to renewals here, we've got Netflix's Travelers will be renewed for a third season, and USA's The Sinner. We'll get a second season. Uh, Will and Grace uh, on NBC will also be renewed for technically an 11th season. But but, but the third, third current season. They third already rebooted. were picked up for two full reboot seasons. The second has yet to air. Yes. They're still in the first season of the reboot. Uh, the third season will uh, has been confirmed. So yeah, get ready for more Will and Grace for the next two e- years. Yeah, somebody... Uh, also renewed NBC's Hollywood Game Night. We'll have a sixth season, so Jane Lynch stays in the game. Jane Lynch still gets paid. Yep. Cool. Good for her. Uh, finally, deaths. Uh, we have one death this week. Charlie Quintana, age 65, who was a drummer for Cracker and Social Distortion. Social D. So I don't know if he was the original drummer, so that's why I used a drummer as opposed to the drummer. Right. I'm trying to think uh, if there's anyone know. else I... But no, because Stephen Hawking. You might want to be more specific with musicians because I don't want to have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> if I cannot confirm if they were, you know, the original or the main drummer. Like, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm sure it was important to both of those bands. So um, yes, and yeah, that's young. I want to say original. Fifty six is young for sure. Yeah. So that brings us into music. In fact, it takes us right to the Billboard. It takes us to the Billboard charts. Your charts for. The hottest singles and the hottest albums. Matt, of the are week. you the hottest single? I am the hottest single of the week. Uh, come at them, ladies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't even maintain that. Your number one song on the Hot 100 is still God's Plan by Drake. Still? Uh, uh, God's Plan apparently is playing Fortnite. Uh, um, oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't cover that in the game because I was dumb. You didn't need to. It's dumb. But yeah, Drake started <laughs> playing Fortnite and got spammed with God's Plan, God's Plan, God's, God's plan. plan in the chat. God's Plan. Uh, number two, Perfect, Still Perfect by Ed Sheeran. Number three is Finesse, Bruno Mars, Cardi B. Number four, Moving Up a Spot, Meant to Be with BB Rexa and Florida Georgia Line. And wrapping up the top five in singles, Psycho by Post Malone featuring Ty Dolla Sign. Dolla Sign. Your album chart has a new number one. Debuting at number one this week is Logic's Bobby Tarantino 2. Yes, Logic, the white rapper everybody yes. loves. 
inexplicably. That, 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 who apparently that, just broke up with his girlfriend today. <laughs> Awkward. Sorry, yeah. logic. Uh, number two, Lil Boat 2 by Lil Yachty. Yachty? Yachty. I never... Yachty. I always feel like I'm pronouncing Lil Yachty wrong. It's Yachty. It's Yachty. 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 Yachty? Yachty. Lil Yachty? He's a Yachty. It's just none, none, none of that sounds right. No, it doesn't. Number three, moving uh, down, I think, from uh, previous week, or maybe debuting this week. I don't know. Uh, American Utopia by David Byrne. Uh, number four, Black Panther, the album, music from and inspired by, moves down to number four for number one. And Firepower! By Judas Priest is your number five album. Oh, I'll have to my greatest showman. That is your billboard. Sorry. Sorry, greatest showman. You're not in the top five this uh, week. Moving on to this week's new music releases. First up, we have Bonnie Doon with Long Way. Bonnie Doon is going to be touring with Snail Mail. I found that today. Cavern of Antimatter with ugh, Hormone Lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> disgusting. <laughs> George Ezra uh, with Staying at Tamara's. Yes, he left Budapest. To go to Tamara's, go to Tamara's house. Uh, I wonder if it's uh, Tamara as in Tia and Tamara Maori. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Guided by Voices has yet another album uh, called Space Gun. They're notorious for coming up with something like every six months. Uh, Jack White has apparently the terrible, uh, I read today's terrible uh, uh, sing solo album, Boarding House Reach. So maybe don't check that out. Yeah, uh, when he was out <laughs> promoting this, yeah. uh, Jack, they, they, Jack White uh, went on a tirade, uh, a rant. Sure. Uh, tr- uh, against DJ Khaled saying he didn't know exactly <laughs> what he did. Wait. <laughs> Wait. What? Yeah. He sh- she shouted out about beef about DJ Khaled and he's not saying what it is? No, 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 no. Yeah, he's saying that he has no idea what he does. Oh, he doesn't... Oh, I thought you said he does no idea what he did. As if something happened and he doesn't want to, like... Oh, no. Talk about it. No. no he You're saying that you do, he, Jack, Jack White, White does not know what DJ Khaled does. Yeah, Jack White does not understand the success of DJ Khaled. Hey, man. Because uh, because according to him, all he does is just take songs we know and just repurpose them. That's not at all. I think he's getting uh, DJ Khaled confused with Flowrider. Maybe. <laughs> or Fallout Boy. <laughs> well, I think he's just... Well, uh, I think he's just very hung up on that... Uh, Wild, wild, wild song, which is that Santana's Maria I mean, Maria. It samples from it. But I know. Yeah, I don't know. I, Jack White uh, does not know what he's talking about lately. No, but um, has he ever? Uh, I mean, yes. At one point. I know. Uh, not anymore. Uh, <laughs> okay. Moving on. Okay, uh, Jordan I Davis. I recently, then. Uh, other new music this week. Jordan Davis with Home State. Mark Pritchard with The Four Worlds. Sunflower Bean with 22 in Blue. The Sword with Used Future. And Tony Braxton with Sex and Cigarettes. Sounds like a fun party, Tony. Moving on to music news. Our first story is uh, also a follow-up story. Also a bankruptcy follow-up story. uh, With none other than Radio Conglomerate iHeartMedia. So we reported this last week before? Was it last week? I think it may be last week. I think it was last week. Right before the iHeart Awards, which was on your... Yes. So, so two, weeks ago. two weeks ago then. So yes, on Thursday, the operator of 850 Company? Oh, no, no, no that's 850 name. Companies. Oh, you sorry, you have the possessive S in Companies, oh. so I didn't know that that's what you meant. <laughs> oh, sorry. All right, so the operator of 850 <laughs> Companies, uh, IR Media, uh, officially submitted the paperwork to file for bankruptcy. We it's, said this was going to happen last week. Its rival, the company Cumulus... Not to be confused with the clouds, yes. uh, which owns 445 stations, did the same thing just a few months ago. 
Both companies have been trying to restructure their debt for several years and became unsustainable during the persistent decline of the radio broadcasting business. The bankruptcy Spotify filing, and iTunes yeah. it. Bankruptcy filing comes to Spotify for fares for its much-anticipated listing on the New York Stock Exchange. Yes. So yeah, this is uh, maybe the final breaths of these things. So uh, did you do any research about what happens to these iHeartMedia stations after this goes down? Do no. they go to other companies? Do they become local stations? Like... There's got to be something that happens, well, right? Well, it's Chapter 11, yeah. so everything that they own gets liquefied yeah. in order to cover all their debts. Um, but outside of that happening, uh, it's really anyone's guess as to what's uh, going to happen with these companies. Because really they got to find a, some type of source to uh, keep it, keep these stations afloat. Yeah. Whether it's ads, which... You know, the big ones are able to do it because, you know, like the but, LA markets, yeah. the New York markets, you they're, think. they're fine. But, you know, it's everything in between and whether or not there's going to be, you Yeah, know, 850 ads. potential orphans right there. Yeah. It's insane. All right. So we'll have updates about that story as it progresses. Moving on. Um, you like statues? I like statutes. But do you like statues of uh, people? Um, are, are they gold or bronzed? Do they hang outside of Staples Center? Maybe. They do. Uh, do you do you like Dave, <laughs> do you like David Bowie? Uh, he's okay. Do you want a statue of David Bowie? Like to own? No, no, not you personally. Oh. Just like that exists. Do you want one to exist? Um, sure. Well, as long as it's at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, no, but guess what? It, uh. There is going to be a statue of David Bowie. Yes. Uh, it is said to be unveiled in Aylesbury, Buckinghamshire, uh, England. England. Yes. I shouldn't have to say that. <laughs> England. Yes. The statue sees Bowie dressed in his Ziggy Stardust persona with various other versions of Bowie looking on. The big unveiling will be this weekend on the 25th of March in the town's Market Square, where there will also be a petition to change the town's name to Ailes Bowie. From Aylesbury to uh, Ailes Bowie. <laughs> Uh, Meanwhile, yeah. three rare David Bowie records are set to be released for Record Store Day on April 21st. So get out of there if you're an insane person who likes Record Store Day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the mayor of, of Aylesbury said, yeah. uh, when this was brought up, uh, said, while we know that other uh, cities have changed their names for other people, maybe we'll just change it for one day. Uh, having it be the tw- uh, March twenty fifth, yeah. that every that on March twenty fifth they'll yeah. do a big like changing of the name to Ellsbury. My favorite town changing name story, yeah, uh, which you may be familiar with. I, I don't know if you've heard this one. Back in nineteen ninety eight, when uh, Pokemon was launched in the United States, uh, the game, uh, the town of Topeka, Kansas, uh, <laughs> was for that day only renamed Topeka Chew. To Pikachu? To Pikachu, Kansas. Uh, it wasn't recurring, like what you're saying, but it was just for that day. Yeah. It was officially changed to To Pikachu just for that 24-hour period. <laughs> That's my favorite. All right. Moving on from To Pikachu uh, to uh, something else that was big in uh, 1998. Uh, Blink-182. Hey! Uh, go back know, to our childhood. Probably it there, actually. They hadn't hit it big yet. But um, <laughs> Blink-182 um, has announced plans that are totally ludicrous and amazing. What, ludicrous? Have, no, not with ludicrous. Oh. Uh, to have a residency in Las Vegas. Uh, we're going to go with residency in quotes yeah. here 
Because it's not necessarily they're going to stay there. So yeah, they've announced uh, a quote residency, unquote, at the Pearl Concert Theater in the Palms Casino Resort. Tickets will go on sale on Friday at 10 a.m. for a 16-show run that kicks off on May the 26th, with additional shows slated for June, October, and November, each for a weekend, hence the name Kings of the Weekend. It's also the name of their uh, song that they do. That makes sense, then. Yeah. Bark Hoppus uh, said in a press statement that they are going to create a true throwback set list to Vegas classics like Sinatra, Liberace, and even marry someone on stage. Now, I need you to clarify for me uh, this for me. Are they going to marry two different people on stage, or are they going to marry someone to the entirety of Blink-182? I think they're going to marry <laughs> Sinatra and Liberace Oh, oh okay, that makes more sense. Because, you know, it's Vegas, and anything happens in Vegas. <laughs> it's true. Nah, it's so, whole... here's my quest- next quest- follow-up question. Uh, would you rather get married at a Taco Bell? Or get married in Vegas, or get married at a Blink One Eighty Two show in Las Vegas. Which one? Um, you can only choose one. Neither. I'd get married by no. the Jabberwockies. No, because they can't no, speak. No, no, and also that's the dumbest thing ever. Don't get married by the Jabberwockies. No. But they're the Luxor. You're in a pyramid. Uh, you just want to be married in the Luxor, which you can do without having the Jabberwockies involved. Contrary to popular belief. No. David Copperfield can marry <laughs> you, I'm sure. Actually, I don't know. I think that's he plays David, the MGM. That's not David. Uh, yeah, he does. Moving on. Uh, I think the Luxor is uh, Chris Angel. Yeah, you're right. Freaking mind freak your wedding. <laughs> yes, my, my, my freak my wedding. All right. Where we're all end up being the preacher. Yes. Or somehow. <laughs> somehow. Our last story for music is about... Um, the White Men Festival. I mean, Lollapalooza Woo, 2018. Chicago. This was announced today. Uh, it's uh, why uh, tickets uh, are on sale now for Chicago's biggest concert, which will take place August second through fifth. Tickets will start at three hundred and thirty-five dollars plus tags and fees for all four days, and includes a payment plan option for all you regular folks. <laughs> the lineup. Includes, but it's not not limited to. Yeah. The weekend, Bruno Mars, the aforementioned Jack White, the Arctic Monkeys, Vampire Weekend, Odessa, Logic, Post Malone, Khalid, Lil Uzi Vert, Portugal, period, the man, Tyler, comma, the creator, uh, Walk the Moon, Churches, St. Vincent, and Zed and Camila Cabello, and many Many more. Yes, there has to be many more because this is a four-day festival that takes place in Chicago Thursday through Sunday. Uh, I've already started talking with uh, oh, our friend Lily about yeah. possibly going, which you know is a pie-in-the-sky idea. Yeah, on this list, you know, on this list, really, like, I mean, it would be cool to see churches. I know for you. And, like, maybe if... It, like, I know Vampire Weekend is working on their fourth album right now, so if they play some, maybe some new stuff, it'd be interesting. Oh, I know I didn't mention this, but uh, that uh, Love, Come of Simon film yes. has a lot of Church's songs in really? it. Really? It does? Oh, yeah. Huh. Okay. I'm surprised how much that, it was. That's in interesting. There. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. That 1975 in it, too. So, eh, well. <laughs> um, <laughs> Someone... I, I read a tweet... Uh, a hot take on Twitter uh, this 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 week. Somebody said that they think the 1975 is this generation's Vampire Weekend, 
And I was like, what does that even mean? What are these words? Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? Is it the Vampire Weekend this generation? The, the, the Vampire, Vampire Weekend? Weekend? I was kind of thinking that too. I was like, wait a minute. Are we wait, really a generation wait. out? And I'm like, yeah, I yeah. guess we kind of are. Yeah. Aren't we? I guess so, because, like, Vampire Weekend was when we were in high school, and now, like, our, like... I mean, I have coworkers, shout out to my coworkers, um, that are uh, about four or five years younger than me, and their whole thing, they're like, they're, like one of them is like often brings up the fact that he believes that we're in different generations. Yeah. Like, that there's enough differences between us millennials and and even five years in that, in like, from, from that, yeah. that, that apparently they qualify as a different generation. I can and it see blows that. my mind. Yeah. Like, oh, what? What is happening? Are we getting yeah. old? No, I can see that happening because I know I've talked with other people about like, oh, I remember listening to this song when I was in middle school. Yeah, and you're like, wait, like, what? Wait, this is college? Yeah, for me. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely we, we. I think we're starting to fully see that gap. It's happening. Uh, yeah. All right, it's gapping. It's gapping. It's gapping. All right, let's move out of music. So yeah, Lollapalooza, it's happening. Oh, it uh, last uh, bits of music, though. I did listen to two new yes, songs. Yes, I was going to say, before we move all the way out, you listened to a couple of songs by some country artists. Yes. Uh, so the first one is Jason Aldean, uh, Rearview Mirror. This is not a Jason Aldean song. Wait a minute. But Jason Aldean sings it. Oh, yes. Okay. Jason is it written it. by A. Beavers? No, it's not written by Justin Bieber. No, 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 a uh, Beavers. No. So there's a while where every time I saw a music video for a country song, it was written by somebody with the last name Beavers. Oh, I don't know if it was. You should look this up because I'm pretty sure he was a very prolific country music writer, and I don't know if he still <laughs> is. A man named Beavers. Oh, okay, a man named. Beavers. I think Beavers. he wrote a lot of Dirk Bentley songs. Um. Anyways, I'll have to look this up. Anyways, yes. uh, yeah. So the reason I say that is because this is. This is not a big rock song like Jay Southeen's known for. Sure. This is more of a slow song. This is in the same vein. Is it a ballad? Yeah. It's it's Burn It Down, but okay. it's about leaving your town. So Burn the Town Down? Uh, yeah, it's about uh, not looking back in your rearview mirror. Is which, that why it's called Rearview Town? Yes. Okay. Yes, and Rearview Town, I believe, is going to be the name of the next album. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's the first single off of that. It sounds like a country album. Yeah. Rearview Town. But yeah, it sounds more like something Eric Church would sing. It does. That sounds like an Eric Church song. Yeah. But it, it's, you know... Okay. It is what it is. Uh, I'm fine with it. Right. It's nothing to write home about, because, you know, you're leaving it. Yeah. But it's okay. Uh, but the other song, the the second uh, Chris Stapleton song. I say second because I'm currently the one with Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Even though that's pretty sharp. And you don't need, like mean album. second ever because he has like multiple albums I know. music. I know. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, so a new song by Chris Stapleton. Yeah, new, new single by Chris Stapleton called yeah. uh, I, want I Want Love. Love. I Want Love. Well, does he want love? Yes, and I wanted to give him love. Is he going to get it? Oh, he's going to get it all right. <laughs> if he hasn't gotten it already, he's going to get it. He's going to get it good. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Uh, cool. the, uh, I Want Love is a great song. This is definitely a wedding song. This is a this is going to be like our song. With, without, you know, it's just our song. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's really good. It's really great. Definitely give it a listen. Um, if you like, if you like anything Chris Ableton does... This is right up your alley. This is a perfect, 
Chris classic Chris Stapleton ballad. Okay. Not not like ballad, where it's just like him belting it out, but you know, singing the guitar and just making you love every bit of it. All right. It's it's a great song. I'm cool. I'm happy it's out. So check that out. Yeah. If you're a country music fan, there's two things to put in your iPod and and uh, shuffle and shuffle. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, moving out of music and into video games. New releases. We actually have some solid games this week. This is early in the year uh, for massive games to start coming out, but here they are. Uh, Something for everybody this week. Xbox One owners get Sea of Thieves, Rare's Pirate Epic. Yes, that came out yesterday. Yes. So if you have that Xbox One Game Pass... It's free for you right now. Go download yeah. it. Also, why you t- tell us why you're paying for this thing. Yeah, also. Uh, next up, because eh, it's kind of a good, t- good deal if you want to use it. Uh, Titan Quest uh, will be out on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. The uh, classic NES uh, brawler Bad Dudes, where you rescue uh, President Reagan, and he invites <laughs> you to get, go get burgers at the end, um, is out on Switch. The sequel to Nino Kuni, Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom, hits PS4. Yes, I know a couple friends who are really interested in that game because yeah. they loved the first Nino Kuni. Yeah, people like that game. I bounced right off of it. I rented it for a while, tried getting into it, and did not work for me. I was told. Too grindy. It was too grindy even I was Yeah, well, see, I, I was told to play it because I liked that like kind it. of RPG style. You would like it. I just never got yeah. into the uh, the White Witch. Well, well, maybe we'll check out uh, the sequel. Yeah. Um, uh, the 3DS would get Detective Pikachu. Okay. Finally. So I've yet to see a trailer for this thing. Oh, you should look up a trailer for this thing. I need to know how, what Pikachu sounds like. He sounds like a gruff detective. <laughs> it doesn't quite sound like Danny DeVito, but it's surprisingly close okay <laughs> that was my reaction when i saw the saw the trailer i was like oh they really went for like a gruff dude voicing pikachu it's super weird okay so check that out that's out this week a way out for uh, playstation 4 and xbox one you don't have that here but uh, it's a multi-platform okay release. It did the one uh giant bomb didn't have it down yeah that would be your um couch co-op Prison uh, Break game by the makers of Brothers. Is it possible for us to get that game next? Um, I can move that in front of Detective Pikachu if you'd like me to. Okay, I would like to <laughs> get into that game. That seems very interesting seems to cool. me. Yeah. It like, turns out concept-wise, and so I want to see how well it's executed. Alrighty. Ooh, prison. Is that a prison joke? Executed? Oh, no. It is now. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> Alright. Dark. Let's move into video game news. Uh, first story is less of a video game story and more a general interest story, but it does directly uh, influence retail video game sales. Well, it's about games in general. It's about toys and games. But yeah. that way, your childhood, a little bit of your childhood just died because Toys R Us is going bankrupt. After 70 years in business, the, the mascot giraffe Jeffrey is being set free company will shut or sell all of its 735 stores in the United States, and about 31,000 workers will be laid off. This is in addition to the 188, uh, 182 stores that had been closed since January. The company said it realized its plan to stay in business through the 2018 holiday season wouldn't work out, and now everything is up for sale. Yeah, they 
realize that they can no longer compete with, you know, Walmart, Target, which yeah. have, like, dedicated toy, toy aisles. And then, you know, Amazon, where you can just get a game or a toy, like, literally the same yeah. day. The company has filed store closure notices that require a 60-day wait before they can sh- get shut down. The company said it was closing all its stores in the UK, but hopes many of its stores in Canada, Europe, and Asia can remain alive as they remain strong, viable businesses that may be saved or sold, unlike here in the U.S., where most people have, like you said, switched over to online retailers. Right. Uh, the projections that Toys R Us had yeah. for the 2017 holiday season was $250 million. Ugh. That was the low-end projections that they wanted. Yeah. The actual, what they actually made was $81 million, oh. which is a far cry from the low-end projections. So Rough. yeah, I mean it's I mean Twitter was, was such a staple not only for us but for generations. I mean, yeah, I was actually just gonna ask you, like, do you have any personal like was Toys R Us your go to place for games and toys and stuff? Yes. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh yeah, Christmas was the Toys R Us big Toys R Us uh catalog. That was probably the thing for me. We didn't actually go to our Toys R Us that many, uh that, that often. We, we had it, we'd go occasionally, like, but really we got most of our stuff at the Target because it was local. Well, see, because our Toys R Us was right next to our bank. Yeah. So you go to the so, bank and you so, go to Toys R Us. Yes, it was, okay. if you sit here and behave, we'll walk through Toys R Us. Nice. Yeah, Toys R Us always felt like me as a result as kind of like a special event. Whereas, like, Target was like, oh, we're just going to the Target. But, yeah, for some reason, there was, like, a magical air to go inside the Toys R Us. It was was, something. It was always huge. There was always a billion toys. And it was just, like, easy to get, like, completely, like, swept up in it. It It felt like a theme park. It was that baby we were able to just walk in and just see wall-to-wall toys. Yeah. What kid doesn't want to see wall-to-wall toys? And another kind of thing that strikes in my memory, besides the catalog... Is the contest that they'd have Nickelodeon would put on? I was on just about to put that. Or the the the, the has the, mini toys that you can stick in your cart stuff. Yes, yeah. You have a minute to run up and down the aisles yeah. to throw stuff in your cart. I wish I remembered what website did it, but there was a really fascinating oral history story where they interviewed uh, a kid, like obviously an adult now, right. that had won that uh, uh-huh. sweepstakes, and it talked about his experience going through it, and like he broke down the rules and like what he was expected to do they he gave, they gave him a trial run before <laughs> the official one just to see where things would be like he got to like scope out like and get a strategy for what yeah, he would do yeah. but it was totally legit he got to keep every single thing they could stick into the cart really? that much was real yeah i know that um that the nickelodeon game shows would always have like 50 dollars gift cards to toys yeah us, yeah uh per contestant and that was like you know as a kid watching you're like Oh, I want to go on that game show and want to win that prize, and just that that uh, integration, like definitely helped sell Toys R Us to two generations, to two kids, you know, to bug their parents to want to go to Toys to Toys R Us, and that marketing strategy definitely worked. Yeah. However, now in a digital age where you can look at stuff they online and buy can't compete yeah and they can't compete just because they can't beat instant gratification it's it's the problem that the internet face uh, has always 
um, ha- like uh, faced uh, retail stores. It's just that retail stores cannot compete with instant gratification. Yeah, and that's unfortunately now Toys R Us goes in the same way as Radio Shack and Mervin's and Circuit City and just uh, Virgin Records and uh, anything else that <laughs> Tower can? Records. Tower Records. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's sad to see it go. It was uh, meant to a lot of people, a lot of generations of kids uh, swore by it. It'll be uh, sad, but uh, maybe um, in our hearts it will live on. Yeah. Uh, definitely going to be in some college courses. <laughs> marketing <laughs> uh, just, courses. Some marketing courses, some just, Business. just uh, some you know, pop culture, some history courses oh, as yeah. well. Definitely a big part of a lot of people's lives, and it's sad to see it go. Yep. All right, the other big story this week in video games... Oh, oh by the way, uh, Toys R Us it involves all Toys R Us brands, including yeah. Babies R Us. Even though Babies R Us was the most successful branch in the later years. Right. Um, it did really well because it was a dedicated baby store. Mm-hmm. But it's it, but they're still under the Toys R Us brand, so it's all done. You know, the only time I've been to a Babies R Us uh, was um, to get uh, Fast Fires. Uh, I think you told me that. Um, there was a... To- so, by my grandparents' You can house, guess why. I know who it was for. <laughs> Do you, though? I have two guesses. <laughs> and the first one's not Riley. You know? No, it's not. Anyways. Sorry, what were you saying? Uh, uh, oh, I was going to say that the... the there's a Toys R Us by my grandparents' house. Yeah. That turned into a baby. No, that turned into a joint Toys R Us, Babies R Us. Uh-huh. And then eventually Babies R Us just <laughs> overtook <laughs> it. That happened to one of our local ones, too. Yeah. It just became a Babies R Us. Yeah. All right. Anyways, moving, moving on. on to another video, big video game story this week. GDC, the Game Developers Conference. That is happening happened. this week. Uh, happened. Technically, it's still happening, though the show is wrapped up, and today was the awards. Okay. Uh, the I, I, IGF, I forget what the actual right. awards are that they do at GDC. But yeah, those are happening right now yeah. um, as I speak, I think. Uh, but yes, GDC happened in um, it, this uh, this year. and uh, As in San Francisco this year. And a movement, and I'm glad you covered this story uh, because I've been following this on Twitter, uh, this kind of going on. A movement, not necessarily a company, you have a company here, but... It's more of a movement yeah. uh, made of several uh, employees from other companies. It's on, yeah, there's a whole like Twitter hashtag to this yeah. thing. Happening right now at GDC is called Game Workers Unite is making some waves. They are currently forming an organization of people who are dedicated to unionizing the game industry, supporting the build, uh, building of unions in, for developers. Right, and this is something that we've actually touched on when, yeah. when it comes to like people being let go from companies. Yeah. And people like moving and being sued. But now, there are no unions in most studios, which makes it really difficult. Right. I think the most we actually covered this was off. when the uh, voice actors went on strike. Correct, yes. Uh, they were part of a union, and yet other like game develop like are not. Game, yeah, game developers are not. So, yeah, uh, there, the, uh, the quote here uh, from, you don't have it who's who's it from, but a quote from a representative. Yeah. Uh, said, we represent all workers in game development and we seek to increase the visibility of our case through community building, sharing resources, and direct action. At the moment, their website is filled with stories of exploitation and harassment at game studios and they will be trying to garner more campaigns during the show. 
one of the more prominent leaders of this uh, is um, designer of my favorite game of 2017, uh, Night in the Woods, mm-hmm. uh, Scott Benson. Scott Benson has uh, been doing kind of legwork. He's been handing out uh, flyers and zines representing the Game Workers Unite movement. He's been talking a lot on Twitter about it. And even the game itself, um, uh, towards the end of Night in the Woods, there's a little bit about labor about labor uh, politics in that game. And it's commentary in itself about um, workers and workers' rights and what workers what will happen to a city when their workers are not treated, tr- treated well. So he, it's something he uh, sincerely believes in, and it's really cool that he's bringing uh, uh, visibility uh, as part of this movement uh, for, for unionization. I'm all for it. So I hope uh, I hope that stuff uh, goes well for them. Yeah, I, I think both of us like hope that yeah. they definitely form a union in order to protect these people because, yeah. like, as, as we've covered on, on this podcast, that game developers and game designers get worked overtime. Sometimes don't get paid. Sometimes payments are late. Sometimes yeah. they skip them. They can't uh, organize enough to talk about residuals like right. the uh, like the the uh, voice actors did. Like they don't have the the wherewithal yet, and they would with with more unions, more unions, and more organization. Right. The fear, however, of unionizing is that, you know, then you lose out on contracts. You have someone fight bidding on the side of you instead of getting your own. Ultimately, it does become: do these benefits outweigh the negatives? And I think they do. I but think we're getting to the studios, point where they do. However, they've been very quick to already start shooting this down. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully, uh, some of the larger studios that get on board, which will influence some of the medium to small studios to get on board as well. Uh, but we uh, will see what happens. Right. It will definitely be interesting to see if this will somehow get the visual effects artists people yeah, to yeah. also either be by proxy because they do deal with pretty much a lot, a lot of, of crossover there. A lot of crossover, a lot of the same technology, a lot of the same work ethic in terms yeah. of, you know, say a computer X amount of hours yeah. using computer graphics, uh, using computer um, programs in order to execute uh, specific movements yeah. and specific details. So, be so because there's a lot of crossover, it'd be interesting if they include that yeah. Or if by proxy they somehow get both of them to form a union, a digital uh, production union. It could happen. All right. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, yeah. part of the sky ideas. Here. Another story here about um, a storied uh, name. Atari. Atari. I say Atari. name, but not company. Atari is actually Japanese, not uh-huh. Italian. Fun fact. Atari. It's apparently, <laughs> it's apparently a term that originates from the game Go. Oh, really? Atari. Uh, So, yeah. uh, Atari uh, has yet another crowdsourced campaign, because they can't make their own money, on Indiegogo, and it's coming to fruition with the Atari VCS, a new console that will be debuted this week at GDC in San Francisco. The console has both a modern controller, similar to an Xbox, but also a modernized joystick like the original Atari consoles. The console itself is an open Linux-based software where people can game, stream, and browse with as much freedom as possible. This sounds like copy that Atari wrote. And access pre-owned games from other content providers. A pre-order date for the console will be announced sometime in April. But for now, we have to wait until their official reveal to see if there is a hook or meets some demand in order to not turn out like uh, the OUYA. Yeah, it's 
it, the console itself, uh, they showed it off. Yeah. And this they, is not new news. They announced this yeah, thing a while ago. It. But yeah, they're showing it off. Well, yeah, I think a while ago it was just the uh, Atari console, I think is what they were... They, yeah, I don't know if they... It, it was name. Atari something. Yeah. But yeah, the official name is out now. Uh, they're trying to get into the console business for some reason. Yeah, for some reason is the keyword here. Yeah. Um, I saw... I, I looked up the console... It looks like an Atari Twenty Six Hundred, mm-hmm. but sleeker. Yeah. And with a bright orange bar, uh, the controller looks like an Xbox controller, except there's an orange light bar down the middle. <laughs> the updated joystick is basically exact same thing, just uh, matted black with bright orange. It looks cool, but outside of it being a novelty thing. It's really a waste of time. Yeah, they're trying, but it just sounds like like an Ouya kind of situation where it's just a set top box. Yeah, I unless they can find out find some way to where you can like say, I own this game, therefore I don't want to pay for it again. Maybe, but that's but not that's a money making enterprise. That's no. a money losing enterprise. Yeah. So no, I have no uh, positivity about this. I think that this is a bad idea, and I think Atari. Has no idea what they're doing anymore. Like, no. I say that even knowing that the Atari is not obviously the same Atari uh, from when Atari mattered. I know. So, yeah, it's, it's complicated. But, yeah, that's Ooh. dumb. It's, Moving on. Yeah. Guess what? What? Ubisoft. We have good news from the French developer Ubisoft. Oh, yes. The long <sighs> national nightmare is over. Vivendi, Vivendi plans to sell its entire stake in Ubisoft instead of chasing after the rest of it. So, yeah, for the last year and a half, we've covered Vivendi trying to ac- acquire the yes. entirety of Ubisoft. They tried and failed to buy Ubisoft. Several times, right. actually. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and uh, and now it's just giving up. They're selling their stake, representing 27% of Ubisoft share capital. The shares will be bought back by Ubisoft and shared amongst its shareholders and the Guillemot brothers, who we mentioned before, mm-hmm. as shareholders in the company, including Yves Guillemot, uh, their famed designer. Right. As part of the transaction, Ubisoft and Tencent, uh, Tencent being yeah, Tencent, the, the, Jap- the uh, Chinese company, Chinese company that co-owns actually a lot of video game companies already, yes. um, have also announced a partnership that will significantly accelerate their reach in China. That's cool. It's, it's nice to see, you know, a win for a big studio. Yeah. Uh, you know, usually the usually relative for the small guys, but in this case, Ubisoft... Like, they're not even that big anymore. No. They used to be. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's cool to see them not being so... Because they wanted to remain independent. And I think, well, like we discussed before, the independent nature of Ubisoft allows them to do more experimental things. Mm-hmm. Like your, like your uh, the, the, uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2s. Right. The, the, uh, the first Assassin's like, Creed. Yeah, like the original Assassin's uh, Creed. E- even, even what they're trying to do right now with Far Cry 5. Yeah. It likes it, they are allowed to take risks now that they w- maybe wouldn't be if they had a large corporate owner. So mm-hmm. this is overall good news for Ubisoft. They didn't want a big owner. They wanted to remain independent. So this is a win for them. Yes. And uh, hopefully this will, in, in turn, be a win for gamers. Yeah. yeah. As not only, like you said, more experimental games come out, yeah. but they're able to craft their own stories that they want to tell and right. not be tied to either, like, you have to have X and X in your game or Y in your game, or yeah. they need to have, you know, X, Y, Z, in, or we won't, like, fund you. Right. 
This is so definitely yeah, good. It's a win-win. Yep. All right, so that's it for video game news. Before we wrap up the video game segment, we've been playing some games. We uh, have. We've been playing a lot of Mario Odyssey. Yes. Uh, we won't be getting too far into that, but we've also been playing a new release. Well, a, a remastered new, new release. We've been playing a lot of Burnout Paradise Remastered. Yes. Uh, we have. I have been streaming that uh, on Twitch. Uh, the first of that is up currently... Uh, I will be getting back into it probably yeah. tomorrow, I want to say. Yeah, check that out, because yeah. it's a lot of fun. I missed Burnout Paradise when it came out on the 360. It was kind of at that time in my life where I was kind of looking for jobs, and I didn't have a whole lot of money to spend. It just hit at the exact wrong time for me. I was getting, going into like going into college, like I was in my first year of college, I think, mm-hmm. and it was just like it wasn't a time where I was playing a lot of video games. So yeah, I completely missed the boat. Even though I loved Burnout, Burnout Three is one of my favorite games. It's amazing. It's so much fun, and so yeah, the fact that I totally skipped Burnout Paradise was just something, just insane. And now that I get to play it, oh man, did I miss out? Yeah, it's so See, much. Fun. I I was in that same that same vein. But my problem was that I had already committed to the Need for Speed franchise. Oh, you picked the wrong horse. Yeah, I turned that back to the wrong horse because uh, as, you know, I would look up, you know, new updates and see what was, like, getting new releases, new DLC, it was always Burnout that was coming out with mm-hmm. new content, like, every yeah. two weeks. And I was like, They did a Man. year of Paradise following the release of that game yeah. and put out DLC free for the entirety of the following year. Yeah, see, and I, I knew that. But just, I could never, like, you know, make the Switch. I never wanted yeah. to make the Switch. Because, you know, I bought, I purchased Need for Speed. I was set with it. I was like, okay, I don't, like, it's the same game to me. But having but no. played it, yeah. it's a lot more fun. So, yeah, like, Burnout, if you're not super familiar, it's like, it's all about uh, super, super top speeds. Cars that really crash, like, crumple up like paper. If they hit a wall or another car, it's about taking down other cars against walls and making huge jumps and doing crazy drifts. It's like, Burnout is every fun thing you've ever done in an arcade racer just thrown at you constantly. It's as if Zack Snyder and Michael Bay made a video game. But it was good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, Paradise is really cool because it combines all of that with an open world that you can explore uh, and kind of choose your events that you that went at like different stops that you come to. Uh, it's and it's really open ended. You get to choose what events you do at what times. It's there's no linear progression at all. There's lots of cars to choose from. There's an entire island of DLC. Uh, more uh, like like besides the existing island in the core game. Mm-hmm. It's just a so much game. It's on it's uh, on um, PS4 and Xbox One right now. The remastered edition. It looks beautiful, plays great, it has all the online functions that the original one did, so you can posse up with friends online. No local multiplayer, unfortunately, uh, but online multiplayer is uh, an option. Um, and uh, it's uh, 40 bucks, 40 bucks uh, for the whole package, all DLC is included, so check that out, that yeah. sounds cool. 40 bucks for a complete like Game of the Year edition game. Yeah. It was a no, it was a, like a no-brainer for me, it was oh, like, yeah. I... Wanted to play this game. I know I'd like it. I didn't know I'd like it. It isn't much. <laughs> uh, it's ton of fun. So check that out if you like racing games at all. It's a fun arcade racer. Yeah. Uh, 
Yep. Said everything I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's not a whole lot going on. Well, no, it's racing. You get what it says. It does what it says on the label. Yeah. Essentially. I'll, and especially this up, especially if you really like Paradise City. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Guns N' Roses song, Paradise City, is played a lot. It's constantly played. Along with Avril Lavigne's girlfriend. Yeah. Hey, hey, you, you. Yeah, I don't like your girlfriend. Uh, but, yeah, so check that out. Yeah, uh, you know, or you could just, like, just put Spotify on. I haven't played. Uh, I said I was going to try to play some Kirby Star Allies. Did not get to, although I did play the demo. If you have a Switch, there's a free demo for the new Kirby game, Kirby Star Allies. Check that out. It's two levels, full levels of the game. It seems like a fun Kirby game with some cool combination powers that you can do. So it seems like a lot of uh, fun. Next week we'll be back with a new game. We're either going to play some Detective Pikachu for you or some Way Out, or maybe both. So uh, check that out. And uh, Yeah, depending on scores for Way Out, I may just buy it. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with yeah, that. Yeah, we'll see. I don't recommend it uh, like until we know more about it. Though. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, so yeah. But with that, that brings us that to the end then. We'll wrap it up for video games and wrap it up for the Media Boat Podcast. So, so let's wrap this up. All right, so thank you for joining us. We will be back next Wednesday with a new show. We're live every Wednesday on YouTube at 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. You can find us by searching YouTube Media Boat Podcast and subscribe to our page. With that little bell, so you get notifications uh, whenever we go live. Which can, is always Wednesday on Wednesdays at eight o'clock p.m. Pacific. If you want to hear our audio version of our podcast, we are supported by Podbean. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts you, by searching Media Book Podcast. You can also find us on similar uh, uh, podcast delivery services through our RSS feed. You can find us on MediaBookPodcast.com, where all our writing is, where we have coverage about new movies, television shows, video games, and music uh, as they come out, our opinions, our thoughts about them, and as well as features that go up every week, such as box office numbers for every weekend and new releases every Friday. You can also uh, help us out financially on Patreon.com. You can donate as little as a dollar a month that helps us make this content even better for you guys. And you get to get exclusive shows that we haven't even made yet just for our patrons. So check that out. You can find us on social media. We're on Twitter at, at MediaBookCast. We're on Facebook. Search MediaBookPodcast and find our page and like it and uh, comment whatever the hell you do on Facebook now. Uh, don't go- lose your uh, co- uh, the, the personal data, though. Uh, I hear that's going down lately. Yeah, apparently uh, Mark Zuckerberg sold like, yeah. like almost half of his shares three weeks ago before all this came down. Hmm, good timing. Yeah. Uh, but we're, you know, we're not a tech podcast, so we won't cover that. We uh, cover tech stuff. Adjacent. Adjacent. Or tech adjacent. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that uh, thing wraps up. Oh yeah, twitch.tv is where you can yes. find streams such as our Burnout Paradise Remastered streams. So check that out as well. Search Media Boat Podcast on twitch.tv. That'll do it. So catch it. us next week. Oh, last thing. We recently wrapped up yes. our Pixar Madness podcast. You do that every single time. Because you have to. <laughs> you can't just say the word madness without doing that. Madness. Uh, but yeah, uh, our Praxar Madness, our uh, special March Madness show where we ranked all 19 of the Pixar films, has wrapped up. We did it. We ranked all 16 of the films. You can catch the final episode that will, uh, that will go up tomorrow on Thursday. It's insane. You won't believe what's number one. 
It sounded like a BuzzFeed article. I know, right but two uh, and a half. We did an hour and a half just arguing. Yep. Two where hour everything long should, plus should finale. So check that out if that's out, if you like Pixar movies and want to check out what we think about every Pixar movie. All four episodes will be up tomorrow, the fourth and final episode. Yeah, debuts or, you tomorrow. know, if you if you go to the gym and just want to listen to us talk about Pixar argue movies. Pixar, just just break down every Pixar film. And just it gets argue. brutal. Just a warning. It gets brutal toward the end. I know. All right, so uh, that'll wrap it up. We gotta go because my laptop's gonna die. So <laughs> see you guys next week. Okay, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll Bye-bye. be back next week, eight o'clock, right here on YouTube or on your uh, iTunes feed, your RSS feed. Okay, thank you so much for tuning in. Goodbye. Bye bye.